Dingus and Dongus. Hey, Michael. Episode 25. So, pop quiz. What episode are we on? <laughs> uh, 28? I have no clue. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The robot tells us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It tells the, you. Yeah. And Mr. Uh, uh, Debacle. Yep. Tells us. <laughs> yeah, that's, yep. <laughs> Mr. Or Ms. I don't know. The. 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 Debacle. Yes. Our <laughs> ruler and overlord. Yeah. They drive this boat. They do. It's it's like every every uh, two weeks or so, we get chained down to these very comfortable sofas, and um, uh, the debacle sets down the phone, and we just start talking. It, he, they, it punches us until we start speaking, and then when we say the wrong thing, we get punched again. Oh. It's just pure robotic violence. We'll, we'll, we'll do better this time. The debacle. <laughs> this is the dumbest bit yeah, <laughs> We read Critical Roles Vox. Uh, I don't know how to say that. Vox Machina. Machina was, was yeah. my assumption. Yeah. Vox Machina Origins out on Dark Horse in 2019, written by Matthew and Matthew. Matt Matt. Yep, Matt and Matt, Colville and Mercer. Mm-hmm. And Mercer, isn't he the DM for their yeah. live play podcast? Yeah, he's okay. the DM. Gotcha. So I found this to be just terribly okay. <laughs> I enjoyed the little adventure we went on. Yeah. And it very much felt like a D&D session. It did. It did. So I appreciated that much. And part of that, I think, was the way the dialogue's written. Yes. It's like, it doesn't sound like you're in a fantasy world. It sounds like normal people today speaking through these characters. Right. Which is exactly what this thing is. Right. It, it, it's my understanding this is the D&D sessions that these group of people played before they started recording. Is Did my they understanding? Play? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. It's my understanding this is the stuff that their characters did before they decided before they decided to start recording Critical Role and publishing Critical Role. Okay, so this wasn't just like a made up origin. It was they actually had these games. I think yeah, before. I think these are the unrecorded games okay. in in graphic or comic book format. Okay. It's what I believe it is. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea that that was a thing, mm-hmm. but um, to me, reading uh, this origin, it felt like it it kind of catered to people who are already familiar with the characters. Yes, yes, because it, it it felt like they expected you to come in with some prior knowledge. Yeah, of the characters, right. Um, because it, it literally just kind of dives right in, doesn't really tell you too much. There's no real introduction 
No. Like any of the characters no. are just kind of thrown in there. They have a small text box that gives you a surface level. This is so-and-so. Yeah. Blah, 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 They blah. do this. Right, right. And, and another thing is, um, at least... Well, no, this is all the characters. Like, for a while, I honestly had no idea what the fuck was happening. Right, I got confused a couple times. Yeah. Because they would throw characters suddenly in the same environment, in the same room, mm-hmm. without a build-up or lead-up from all angles or all parties. Right. There was, I guess, a paladin and some other guy. Yeah, and I didn't know who was actually relevant, necessarily. Right, right. I don't know what's necessarily going on. Right. It's... And I guess uh, at least the intro panels for the first issue or two, uh, it showed like a big party and shrinks it down and for a while I, I wasn't quite sure what that was about right until i suddenly realized uh okay so first panel on the top is like the big party and then they shrink it down to whose stories they're following within this particular issue yes which they abandoned later when everybody started coming together right right but a it lot took of me it, a minute to realize that was going on too i was like oh did these people die or right what's going on yeah oh this is just what they're telling this issue about is these folks right yeah but yeah there's definitely like at least for the first half of this volume like i was like what 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 the fuck's happening i i don't it, it was jumbled like plot points that weren't connected right they were but i couldn't figure it out right or it took me a minute i also i'm fine with comedy and fantasy settings. Mm-hmm. This had good comedy beats. Yeah. Um, I just don't know if it was good comedy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and some I, of it feels forced. Yes. And one thing that I really disliked, and it's just a personal preference with me, is using, like you were mentioning earlier, this is like players speaking through the characters, right? Mm-hmm. In... A fantasy setting, whether it's a comic book or a TV show or even video games, I really dislike it when they use modern terminology and modern tropes. Right, and references. As references yeah. as an anchor for their, their bit, right. whatever the bit is. Mm-hmm. That infuriates me. Right, because it takes you out of the world. Right. And then on top of that, with this particular book, they had that. And then there's a couple instances where they break the fourth wall. So it's like a double fuck you to me. Yeah. Um, one instance was uh, Scanlan, the annoying little bard guy, was talking about something, something going emo or yeah, a reference to emo. Right. Which, as we all know, wasn't just a fantasy world never existed. I understand that. <laughs> but you're, you're playing a period piece. Right. Stick with it. Right. Unless it's... No, not even... Just fucking stick with it, man. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's... I guess, like, it, it plays to that... Well, okay. So I guess my my impression of what they're trying to go for is to appeal to the people who enjoy watching gameplay of D&D games. Which yes. I do. Yeah. Um, like, I, I watch a shit ton of uh, Acquisitions Incorporated, and they, they're all over the place with that, with their stuff. Right. But 
it feels different in a comic f- format because you're not seeing these people. You, all you're seeing is the characters, right? In these the, the in this fantasy world, and it, it just feels weird. It does. But again, we can both safely assume that their goal was to represent a D&D session, mm-hmm. in a sense. And it feels that way. So good job on them for that. And even all the stuff we're talking about, I enjoyed my time spent in that world reading it. I yeah. really did. So much so that I'm going to go ahead and read the second one, too, because I want to. It's, yeah. it's fantasy. And it, it had the overarching story was interesting enough to me as a generic fantasy whatever. Right. It's like, oh, this town is poison. Is it cursed? I don't know. A little bit of mystery. Demon lady with six arms stabbing shit. Now there's magical mirrors that you can teleport to. Right. Fucking, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Let's. I'm going to keep reading and see what happens, you know? Now, on that point, like, I was thinking it was going to be like, uh, like a gentrification plot, but... It doesn't. Towards the end, it seemed to shift towards something else. Uh, elaborate. Okay. Uh, so I was under the impression that you know there's a shitty, swampy, poor town. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They're basically trying to drive all the poor people out so they could do something else with the land. Maybe like I don't know, industrialize it or whatever. Or whatever. Uh, or I turn it into some swampy resort. I don't know. Why did you think? The reason why is I asked because there was a moment in the story where some bad dudes, I forget what cult or what segment they were with. Yeah. They were basically saying, we profit off of these poor people. So I'd be, I'd be curious what made you think that. Well, I mean, there's like two competing factions. Factions. Right. 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 You got the people who want the poor people here. Because they profit off of it. Right. And then you got this other gang oh, coming yeah. in. Yeah. Trying to, like, I don't know, push all the poor people out. That's what my impression was. Gotcha. But that kind of fell away, like, later on in the story. It does, It just doesn't seem like that was the end goal after all. Yeah. I don't know what the end goal actually is because I don't think they necessarily addressed it. They, and they may not. Again, yeah. if this is based off their D&D game, we've played plenty of D&D games where... Story threads just end, yeah, with without completion because the game progresses in a different right. area, right? Yeah, or you have five threads, and then you just never get around to two and three, right? Because right? you know players want to do this, instead. right? Right. So who knows? Yeah, yeah. It's it was an interesting concept, and I, I don't. It's just interesting, yeah. and I liked it enough to where I'll keep reading it. Fair. It's fair. I probably should go look for other D&D books or like Dragonlance books and read yeah. that shit. But you should Yeah, Dragonlance. <laughs> but like the, the first the, three books, read those. Well, the comic books specifically. Oh, okay. Not not the novels. Gotcha. Um they're really good. Well, there's lots of novels I need to get through still. <laughs> and I like looking at pretty pictures. Fair. Um Yeah. It's, it's it's a fun fantasy yeah. adventure with plenty of issues. Yeah, and not 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 issue releases. I meant issues as problems. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> problems. And uh, we haven't talked about the art yet. The art, I was like, eh. It felt like Penny Arcade. It did. It, it absolutely did. I wasn't. I didn't hate it. Yeah, but the character art was not 
fitting to what I envisioned it would be in my head. It definitely has the feel of, like, uh, episodic webcomic. Yep. Like, the art style. Yep. Uh, But I did enjoy the one panel where it's a completely different style of... uh, On the... On the bear. Yeah, on the bear. <laughs> yeah. That was very cute. And they're saying, we're BFFs now, riding on a bear yeah. through well, the forest. I didn't I didn't much care for the the, the half-elf twins yeah. as characters. They're the snooty cunts, basically. Yeah. And they, my problem is, I can't tell them apart. Yeah, who's who? Yeah. Your names are very similar. Yeah. Vix and Vax yeah. or something like that. And yeah. they look the exact same. And they same. look the same. And I just... <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that, because when I was reading it, I, instead of putting the brain power into figuring out who's who and keeping track, I identified them as a single person. Yeah. Both of them. So throughout reading the story, they were just the same person. And that's they, how I just I just dealt with it. It's, it's fair, because, like, honestly, even through the dialogue, I can't really tell them apart. Right. And so that's how I dealt with that. Yeah. It's... I know they weren't. Right. And I know one of them was kidnapped, or kidnapped, fine, whatever, taken. Yeah. Captured. Captured, yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> oh, there was a funny moment. It, it was a gotcha moment for me, because Grog, the half-giant, basically fought his way up the ramp on the boat while everyone was deciding how to get on the boat. Right. And he got launched into the water with the Minotaur guy. And I had forgotten about him. And then the party's on the brink of destruction, going to lose this fight against the demon lady. And then the next page, I flipped it because I got a physical copy, not a digital. He busts through, and it was so cool to me because I had forgot about him. (laughs) And then here he was to save the day, busting through a ship with a starfish on his head. (laughs) It was like, yes! Awesome! I would say Grog is probably... The most fun character. I like I liked Grog and I liked Druid Lady. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the one that turned into a squirrel and and the doggo. Yeah, the one who's like kind of naive and yeah, know what, what's yeah. Going on. Those two characters I really enjoyed. Yeah, the elves kind of apathetic, mm-hmm. admittedly, and and the bard Scanlan was just it's dumb, annoying, annoying and dumb. Yeah. It's it's. Almost what every bard character I've seen people play in a D&D yep. session is. This kind of, where are all the ladies? I want to have sex with the ladies and drink. <laughs> and it's a one-note dumb character. <laughs> that's, that's really funny because, like, that's what they think charisma is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bang all the ladies. Yeah. Look how charismatic I am. <laughs> Um, and then there's the Dragonborn Wizard, which fell really flat. It, yeah, that could have been a fantastic character. It could have been this uh, just crotchety, yeah, like angry. Not necessarily even angry, just fed up. Yeah, I'm old and tired and fed up, but awesome fire breathing Dragonborn guy. Right. That could have been a much cooler character. Yeah, but then again, this is all based on. You know, characters that apparently real people were playing, so, you know. And I'm sure the gameplay was, if you were in that room, was more satisfying. Yeah, if you were actually engaged in in it and playing your character, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it it was a blast. Right. But reading it is... 
Now, we went with Stargazer, uh, Psychic Secretions, off of uh, Nuclear War Now, released uh, this year, yep. 2021. And Stargazer, for me, has always been interesting. Yes. They're, they're death metal, but their riffs don't sound like any death metal riffs, like, really. Not usually, no. Yeah. It was this... This particular album was fun. I appreciated how much of it was at a slower tempo mm-hmm. than you expect from any subgenre of death metal outside of Doom, right? Yeah. But there was it some of it felt like Doom moments, but without Doom wrists. Right. Just the tempo was slowed down in a lot of the songs. And they threw in like moments where it's at least for me, it reminiscent of just like classic heavy metal riffing. Yes, there's yes. A, there's definitely a bit of that going on, and I also really like the bass. I was about to bring up the bass. The bass is so fucking cool on it, this album. It, I don't know how. To, I didn't know how to bring it up other than the bass is cool, and it reminds me of those metal albums that are jazz influenced or jazz fusion metal. Yeah. Type of stuff. Well, it's because it's um, uh, a fretless bass. That's what oh, okay. Yeah. So that's what makes that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, you're you're sliding you know, uh, around and you're not, you're not limited to what the, the frets. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what that is. Yep. Gotcha. Fretless bass, and it, it's it works so well on here. And it it really does, and it's really cool that it's a prominent instrument in the in the mix and the recording mm-hmm. there there's like bass solos yeah it's it's really just like right there in your face yeah it's fantastic but it doesn't also like overpower anything else. right whereas i can see where some people would make that argument with we'll say autopsy's bass okay different type of bass sound entirely mm-hmm. but it's also very prominent in autopsy and it's but it's very muddy and very in your face i love it yeah but I can see where people wouldn't. Because it, it, in the same note with both of these albums, or these bands, the bass is in the forefront. Mm-hmm. And it's an integral part to the recordings. Completely different experiences, though. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, there's definitely parts where it, it felt like the bass was taking the lead. Yes. Lead, lead role in uh, whatever the riff or song it was, you know, it's in. And it's... It's nice. It's a good change of pace where a lot of death metal is like, um, you know, you just have the bass in the background providing the extra punch. Yep. And that's all they do. Kind of filling in, not filling in empty spaces, but adding a robustness. Yeah, just making uh, the riff sound fuller. Yes. Yeah. But you know, with with this with this album, um, it the the bass is doing lots of really neat stuff and it's part of the song yeah like in its own right right it's pretty cool now i want to talk about the album art i think it's fucking cool as shit i like that there's a circle and a circle and then a lopsided circle i know (laughs) and with a little dot on it yes it's like a little planet yes orbit thing (laughs) and the main part it, it like the first thing that pops in my head is just a warp, really warped version of Alters of Madness. That's what immediately came to my mind when I saw it. Too. Yeah, 
Because, you know, you got that circle of, like, just, like, twisted imagery. Yep. But in with altars, you, you see distinct faces and all right. that stuff. Right, But here, you get, like, just vague shapes. Yes. Like, the biggest one I was able to pick out was uh, kind of a, a dude, like, in a meditative sitting position. That's why I was able to pick out. I didn't... I don't think I looked that closely at the interior artwork on Oh, yeah? It. Yeah. Okay. Well, for me, I'm pretty sure I, I could see just, like, a vague outline of, you know, somebody sitting cross-legged. Yeah. Right dead smack in the center of the, the artwork. Uh, and, and then, like, maybe an eye or a weird lip on the <laughs> side. I don't know. But I, I always like... Just weird abstract stuff, anyways. So, I really like the artwork. Yeah, it, I mean, it was good. Yeah, I just didn't look that closely into it. Shady <laughs> 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 cares like. Okay, you're gonna say something? Do you have something to say? Well, I was gonna talk, comment on uh, how, at moments in the album, it also felt like a psychedelic. Uh, I won't say like stoner psychedelic stuff, but there's psychedelic riffs. Yeah. And even almost acoustic. Was it acoustic? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, no. No? Okay. I, I think it was just clean guitars. Clean, okay. Yeah. That shows how much I know about instruments. <laughs> but it's cool because it's like a psychedelic moment where you get in a little. Slight trance, and then kind of a little bit of aggression, mm-hmm. and then groovy riffs. Yeah, that was. I particularly like. Um, I think it was the last song where they actually added uh, clean vocals too. Yep, I thought that was a really cool addition. And overall, it's. I wouldn't say it's my favorite Stargazer album, but it's a fun listen. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know how much more I'll actually go back to it because I do like other albums more. Right. But it's worth checking out. So with your other albums you like, what was the album? This just aggravates the hell out of me. They released two albums. It was the same album, but without vocals. So they released an album, and then they released another album, which is the same album without vocals. Have you listened to those? Stargazer did that? I'm pretty confident it was Stargazer. No, I didn't know oh, about that. Okay, yeah, they basically released two albums, but it was the same fucking album, just with and without so vocals. So they released a karaoke album? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm okay. just imagining a MIDI version of that album. <laughs> that you go to, like, the karaoke joints we've been right. to, where it's just bad MIDI, basically. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I, my mouth doesn't move that fast. <laughs> That's the bass. Oh. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a really bad cartoon cat. It's like Jeff Goldblum doing the cat on mushrooms. Yes. In MIDI. Psychic secretions. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Dingus and 
Tongas. Hey, Marco.